Get ready. I mean, get ready, 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 ready. All right. I am so excited today to have a special guest with us uh, that will be talking to us specifically about advocacy. We have Ariel Kinney. Yes. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your job, and your role? Awesome. Well, yes, I'm Arielle Kinney. I am the community engagement leader for North Texas with the Texas Public Charter School Association. What my role is, is to connect school leaders with their lawmakers in the region so that we can continue to build relationships and just push for legislative change um, during special session to continue to support charter schools. Um, I got into the role because I actually was a teacher taught kindergarten for five years, and uh, TPCSA has an alley, an advocacy leadership institute, where parents and teachers can come in and share their story. And I did that, and it just turned into a full-time role. So I was a little sad about leaving my kiddos in the classroom, but I mean, this just makes it so much more worth it because I'm not only fighting for them, but I'm fighting for all students. So it's been great. Absolutely. Yeah, that, yeah. that is wonderful. It's something that you mentioned specifically that causes some confusion or mm -hmm. there's a haze about it mm -hmm. when you talk about charter schools. Mm -hmm. Talk and speak about charter schools as it relates maybe the question of not being a public school. Uh, we are absolutely a public school. So we are tuition free, open to the public. Um, we have open enrollment. Um, the only time that a student may not or may have difficulty getting into the school is if the need for um, like a space in the classroom is greater than their capacity. So they might be on a wait list. But I mean, we're held to the same accountability standards as our traditional ISDs get uh graded the same as uh, with our rating A through F. So same financial standards. Um, we have SPED teachers. Um, so we are a public school. So that's why uh, the Texas Public Charter School Association was also intentional about changing its name because it was originally just the Texas Charter School Association. But we added that public piece so that every time they see our logo and every time we speak and we're out there, they know that charter schools are public. And I echo that. We did the same thing for Academy of Dallas as mm -hmm. well as Bear County Academy mm -hmm. Public Charter Schools. Mm -hmm. So we are, you know, intentional about communicating that message as well. Mm -hmm. So talk to me specifically about advocacy. Oh, I love advocacy. I love that word. When I was a teacher and before I was in this role, that, that word was kind of daunting to me because I didn't know. But advocacy is just education that allows access um, specifically for policy changing. And when I think about advocacy, I think about storytelling. I think about narration. Um, if you think about advocacy in the sense of like social justice, um, you know, back in the civil rights movement, people had their own narrative about like what was really happening to people of color and like really what segregation was about. And then you had the narrative of media showing exactly what is happening and people advocating and saying, no, like this is the challenges that we are facing, you know, people marching in Selma, you know, just to be able to vote, like those kind of stories is that's 
that storytelling is advocacy or indigenous people, you know, wanting to have their land back instead of the narrative of what, you know, traditional America has said, they're getting out there to advocate for their rights and they're telling the story and not allowing others to, to tell it for them. And that's what we need to do for charter schools. We can't allow, you know, people that are misinformed or people that have their own biased opinions to tell our story. We have to be the ones that share it and that get the message out and actually show what's happening on our campuses. So when I think about advocacy, it's it's just storytelling. I, I think that was one of the biggest takeaways for me as a leader attending the uh, ch- charter school um, summit um, mm-hmm. this uh, past uh, month was being intentional about telling our story. Right. And not just, you know, like like we had talked about earlier, not just being like, oh, you know, to this lawmaker, like, this is my school. Like, no, let's connect with them on a personal level. You know, like, let's see what their policies and their agendas are. And let's see how that is, you know, in turn, like helping our school and let's connect them together. Right. Um, Yeah, it's super intentional. um, And it is. And I think when we think about advocacy, we think it has to be these huge elaborate efforts. And it doesn't. It can be as simple as writing a letter to your lawmaker, thanking them, um, sending a video of your scholars, you know, on academic day or graduation day or allowing a lawmaker to be principal for a day so they can really see firsthand what the students are doing or even having a town hall with the parents because, you know, lawmakers love their constituents because constituents mean votes. So if they can connect in any way, you know, and you be that bridge, that connecting piece, and that's really all it is. So uh, one of the things that you mentioned as it related to um, getting out and communicating um, the intentional or the purpose of the schools is having site visits where they can actually come mm-hmm. in the school and see students actually engaged yeah. and really see the work that's being done specifically. Talk about some of the work that you have proposed for us as a, as a district yeah. and how you're going to assist our parents as well as our teachers. Yeah, so I think the first thing is just getting people comfortable with advocacy. So, you know, building that internal muscle. So, you know, really rallying with your teachers and, you know, of course, like congratulating them, but they know the ins and outs of their students and their scholars. And so they had like that firsthand experience with them. So they're able to share that story. So any success stories, you know, that they have with scholars. And I think uh, Dr. Lopez had kind of mentioned some of that, you know, in the last episode. Um, And then even with parents, man, parent choice is, is so imperative. And I think in education, it can be frustrating because, Education shouldn't be a political, it shouldn't be a political stance, right? Like every child deserves an equitable education and every parent has the right to choose where their child goes to school. 100%. So for that piece, you know, parents are probably some of our most powerful stories because they're the ones that are deciding like, hey, I've got all these schools in my district, but I'm going to I'm going to send my my scholar to Bear County Academy or I'm going to send my scholar to Academy of Dallas. And um, there's I think a school right next door to Academy of Dallas. It and is. y'all have been thriving in the community. Absolutely. And that's for a specific reason. And parents are choosing that. So getting that story as to why they've been you know, going to Academy of Dallas is imperative. And then even, you know, another unique approach could even be like the scholar side. So like student alumni that have graduated and gone out into the community and like, hey, look what, you know, this charter school has done for my life um, and has blessed me. I think those stories are even, you know, more imperative because, you know, we're in the business and lawmakers are like, well, y'all get paid to do this. Like y'all get paid, of course, to like talk about the importance of charter schools, even if you do have a firsthand experience with it. Like they want to hear from the people that are benefiting. Um, one, 
One really cool um, example of this was actually earlier this week, we were talking about it with Dr. Stanley at North Texas Collegiate Academy. Um, Representative uh, Jared Patterson passed a law called Jace's Law. Mm -hmm. And Jace's Law says that um, every foster care student has the right to go to pre-K because, you know, kindergarten is different than pre-K. Absolutely. So he got that law passed in legislation. And there are so many scholars at North Texas Collegiate Academy that are benefiting from that law. And he got to see those scholars' faces when he did the campus tour, which really moved him. So like things like that, like those connecting pieces of, you know, understanding the lawmaker and where their standpoint on certain issues are, some of the things that they've done in legislation, and how do we connect our community with with their standpoints. That's how you can really get, you know, a move and get a push on it. Talk to me about you. Ooh. As a leader, how have you been intentional? Well, I, I'm going to be transparent and say I am really spiritual. So I know that everything that I do is not of me. It's from God. So my blessings come to me so that I can bless other people. I think that in my story— um, you know, we talked about, I did not want to be in education. I did not <laughs> want to be a teacher. I wanted to stay in marketing. You know, that was, I had fun in marketing. You know, you got, you get to work with companies and organizations and, you know, be the face of things, but that's not what God wanted for me. Um, my family comes from a background of, you know, activism and teachers. So my uh, mom's side of the family is from Montgomery, Alabama. They march during Selma. And every year when they have like, you know, the anniversary of Bloody Sunday, they still march. Um, and my grandfather was an educator for a little bit. I remember being in sixth grade and he was um, a substitute teacher for my cousin, which was like, <laughs> why is your grandpa up in here? But right. um, we just, I just come from a, a history of education. And so the further that I, I ran from it, the more that was like, no, you need to be here. Um, and so I just remember the impact that I had on my students. And I'm like, okay, like this is something that um, I was meant to do. And I just have a passion for it. I can just think of some students that struggle to especially since I taught kindergarten, like that social emotional learning is so imperative and just creating a child's desire and joy in education and then building their confidence that they can do anything. And if they can trust you and they're confident in themselves, they can learn like that's, that's it. And so I think, you know, now that I'm outside of the classroom, I want to, you know, give school leaders like that same confidence that not only can, you're doing a great job educating your scholars, but you can educate your lawmakers. Um, and so now I'm starting to find connecting pieces of like, okay, I was meant to be in this role for a reason. And I thank the Charter Association for giving me a platform and, you know, being able to like help out here in North Texas and just really spread some joy and spread some change for, for charter schools. And I actually went to a charter school myself as a kid. So it started off as a private school um, and then it turned into a charter campus. And um, now it's called Richard Allen. And it was one of the best decisions that my family made um, as, you know, just when you're a Brown student um, and before, you know, special education was really spread out. If you had like any behavioral needs, then you were just deemed as defiant and they right. didn't want to take a chance on you. And so uh, having a school that just allowed black students to be black and just have that representation of uh, their teachers was so important. And so it's pretty cool that, you know, me being an African-American uh, woman, you know, some of my black students got to see that as young as kindergarten, you know, in the classroom. So 
Well, you have really enlightened our audience, but as well as me about advocacy mm-hmm. and being intentional about our messaging. Yeah. And um, I am so glad you took the time to come and have a little coffee and, yeah. and tea with me to discuss all these great things. And I have some final questions for you as we wrap up. Oh, yeah. And the first one is, what motivates you? Ooh, I think what motivates me is just, I just believe that I'm really grateful for where I am today just because my parents had access to education. Um, and I that's what motivates me. I just think that every student just deserves access. And I, um, no matter their background, their situation, no matter their income, whether, you know, their parents have a six-figure income household or they have a four, you know, five-figure one, it just, everybody deserves access to education. And I think about the traditional American education system. Like when we first started, if you, you know, black and brown students weren't even considered people. We were three-fifths of human, you know, we were three-fifths human. And so now our education system is, especially in the state of Texas, our students, majority of our students are, you know, students of color, or it's like 50-50. And in the traditional sense, you know, if you weren't in school, it was because you were helping for the workforce. Like you were working on the farm and you were building the economy. Well, now you need an education to help support the economy. So now we're trying to educate more students and provide a higher level of education. And so how do we do that? How do we reach every student in every region, um, no matter their background? And that's through, one of the ways is through charter schools. And so um, that just gives me purpose to be like, okay, I've got to get out there. I've got to fight every day. I've got to support my school leaders and, you know, build their confidence that they can do it. And then just provide a level of joy in our, in our journey and advocacy. So that's what support, that's what, you know, motivates motivates me. Yeah. And excites me. Talk to me about how you inspire others. Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I just hope that I inspire others, you know, just to look at my story and to, you know, be like, wow, how did she get here? Um, I didn't have the best grades and in uh, school just because I didn't take it serious. It wasn't that like my parents didn't motivate me or support me. I just honestly was spoiled. You know, I just (laughs) I just was spoiled. And so um, to be in a position where, you know, before we weren't even able to vote and now we're at a place where we can encourage political change is like, it's chilling. It's chilling to me. And I think, um, you know, just people seeing my story, I hope that that inspires them. I don't really try and brag or do anything like that. I just hope that when they see me, they see God and that inspires them, you know. They just see the spirit around me. That that is beautiful. And I see that within you. Oh, I see that within you too, Dr. Williams. Thank you for that. I receive that. Mm -hmm. I absolutely receive that. And the final question for you is, how do you utilize your platform in order to change or transform mindsets? Mm. I think in order to, when I think about changing mindsets, I mean, that takes time. Like, you know, you have to change. In order to change, you know, the behavior, you've got to change, like, the mindset. And it just, I think, just through relationship building, right? Like, I've everybody has their agenda, and everybody has something that they're trying to accomplish. But if you just 
take the time to get to know people, you know, and just really be empathetic about and listening. I think that that is how you can get people to change their mindset of just by listening to their story and not pushing down your agenda or, you know, being really selfish about what you want to say. I think that's how you can change people's minds, just being there for people. Well, this has been fantastic. I have enjoyed my discussion with Arielle. Mm-hmm. Kenny. Yes. And it's wonderful to always learn daily from other individuals. Mm-hmm. Iron sharpens iron. Yeah. yeah. And um, I want us to always remember that I'm your host, Dr. Ross F. Williams, Jr. And the genesis of change begins from within. Oh, leadership.